Credit card debt can be a never-ending game where balances move from card to card while you chase teaser intro rates only to pay balance transfer fees. Put an end to the games. Whitefish Credit Union's credit card has no balance transfer fees and we offer a fixed interest rate starting at just 7.9% annual percentage rate. Even if you have less than perfect credit, Whitefish Credit Union may be able to help. Visit whitefishcu.com or call us at 862-3525 to apply. Whitefish Credit Union, we belong to you. Some restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports and joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline. He's from Montana Sports and good friend of the show. It is Richie Melby. Richie, hope you had a great Christmas holiday, my friend, and hope you're doing well. Yes, yes. It was uh, nice to be around some family again. Uh, Long weekend, but it went by too quick. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners out there today. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, Richie, you and I have something else that we got as an extra Christmas gift on Saturday, the day after, was the Bucks are going to the playoffs for the first time. It's been a while. I never saw a playoff team for the Bucks in my 20s. It's been like since I was 17 years old the last time I saw Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I saw your tweet about being 17, 18, whatever it was, and thought, holy cow, how young is this guy? The young <laughs> buck, if it was that... <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it has been quite a quite a drought. Obviously, uh, you know, during my high school days, that was back that was back when they were making those NFC Championship game runs, and obviously the Super Bowl and such. So it's been a while since there's been certainly this much to cheer about if you're a fan of the Bucks down there. Uh, and obviously, TB12 is a big part of that. And you know how much fun have they been to watch? Even though it has been a roller coaster, I know you've been pulling some hair out throughout the season. <laughs> Very much so. And uh, Richie, if you're the Bucks fans, who would you rather see at this point, the Cowboys or the Washington football team? I mean, I'm always a fan of somebody beating the Cowboys. So when it's a team you're rooting for beating the Cowboys, that's always enjoyable. Um, I, th- the back and forth with the quarterback situation in Washington, I suppose, that makes it maybe something where, you know, maybe you like that matchup better. Um, just because the Cowboys are, you know, they, they, they're right there as well, still fighting for this playoff spot. And just when you thought they were down and out a handful of weeks ago, suddenly it's like, okay, well, maybe this team, maybe this team's starting to figure things out a little bit. And they certainly still have some pieces there. So uh, while I would prefer just beating the Cowboys, maybe looking at matchups, it might not be bad looking at that Washington football team. Plus, when you don't have a mascot and they, you know, you, you figure you should be able to beat some team like that. Well, somebody should beat the NFC least team in the playoffs. So uh, that's the first and foremost thing for sure. As uh, right now we are with Richie Melby from Montana Sports. Uh, Richie, a lot's happened as we get ready for what's going to be the opening weekend of winter sports here this weekend. Uh, but before that, the annual tradition for the East-West Shrine Game roster is to come out the night of Christmas Eve and going into Christmas as well. Uh, just a glad to see that tradition continue and very glad to see the East-West Shrine game. I know it wasn't going away or going anyplace anywhere, but obviously not seeing that game play last year was very weird for everybody, but glad to see the rosters announced. Yeah, it was definitely disappointing last year. I know we were chatting with the Shrine folks leading up to their decision to have to postpone and completely cancel the game. Uh, which was obviously a bummer. And I know that they're still discussing ways to try and honor those kids that were selected for last year's game. Obviously, they, I think, still got like jerseys with their name and number or whatnot and some of the some of the knick-knack type stuff. But not getting a chance to play in it is certainly uh, a disappointment because so many great players have come through here and great coaches, uh, 
all the way down to the cheerleaders, obviously, uh, that get selected for it. So, yeah, it was nice to see. Uh, it was nice to see those selections come out June 19th uh, this summer down in Billings. We're calling it the 74th annual because last year they didn't play the 74th annual. So really, this should have been the 75th consecutive. Uh, we're gonna have to wait another year for that one, and you know, hopefully, we're fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever it is that we need to do uh, to let these kids play in mid June this summer down in Billings. Um, you know, we're hoping that things start to, to settle in a little bit and so that we can let these kids go out there and play a game because it's it's not just a game, but, you know, over the last 10 years, I think it's just about a million dollars raised, if I remember correctly, for the Shriners Hospital for Children um, in Spokane. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, – there's a lot more than just playing a game and being out there. Uh, there's There's a lot of money that's raised for a very, very good cause for this. Also some changes to this game this year as well. Yeah, we were talking about that June 19th, of course, um, uh, 2021. So, and in Billings, you know, when I sent an email, I don't know that it was responded to yet about does in Billings mean at Rocky Mountain College? Because we have, I, I think it's at Rocky is what we're looking at. They would have said in Laurel if we were playing there. Uh, but it wasn't that long ago, probably before your time, you, you youngster, that they did play when Laurel, they christened in that new stadium down there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely going to have a little bit of a different look being a June 19th game. And, you know, we talk about all these kinds of all, all-star games and tournaments and things, and when's the best time to have them. There really is no best time. It's pretty challenging no matter when you try and do things like that. You know, you and I have discussed for years, or the last couple of years anyways, like a, an all-state tournament basketball uh, all-star type of a thing. You know, Class AA champ taking on Class C and vice versa. Trying to find dates to do these things is kind of dangerous. So we'll have a little bit of a different look this year. But again, just excited to see these kids uh, get the opportunity. Uh, and once again, the biggest thing for me, I guess, is, is just trying to raise that money because I've gotten to know some of these um, ambassadors that they've had over the last handful of years. And, and that's certainly uh, that's certainly what it's all about. And I, I, my own brother was a Shriners Hospital for Children Out in Spokane patients. So it, it definitely hits close to home. Well, Richie, looking at these rosters here for this East-West Shrine game this year, what stands out to you? You know, I think uh, the the one thing that, well, there were two things, really, because once we saw the All-State teams come out, it was like, holy cow, how many Missoula Sentinel kids can you cram onto an All-State team, or how many can you put onto, put onto a Shrine roster when you've only got 40 or 41 or whatever it is on each side, and that's certainly uh that certainly makes a difference. So, um, you know, they've got, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look here, obviously Dane Oliver, the head coach uh, is going to lead the West roster this year. It was kind of cool to see John Fitzgerald still get to be the head coach of the East. You'll remember the Red Lodge coach was actually picked last year. He was supposed to be his first year coaching in it. Never got a chance to do so. Uh, so he'll get a chance to do it, but yeah, all those Sentinel kids that are on that team. Um, and there's still some more that are alternates in there too, but you know, I, I think I mentioned on Twitter when I look at like the position groups and try to figure out which one is, you know, maybe the best, the quote unquote best, the the defensive ends for that East roster where you've got Paul Brock out of Billings West, you got Kellen Dietrich out of Haver, uh, and then you've got Iden and Fedick out of Bozeman. Like we're talking all state, we're talking division one football players. My goodness, do not do not miss a block if you're the West offensive line against any of those four guys because every single one of them could be in the backfield. So that looks like it'll be pretty fun. Um, you know, I'm a small school guy, so one of the first things after kind of checking out the state champions and the all-state selection is, 
you know, how many six man guys, how many eight man guys. Uh, and so I, if I remember correctly, the only Freud medicine Lake selection was tight end Colt Miller and he's an alternate. So you, you starting, starting tight ends. If you guys can't make it, uh, I think it was Sloan McPherson out of Savage, Elijah Reynolds out of Red Lodge two again, D one football players. If I remember correctly, you don't, you don't want to see those guys miss it, but come on, let's get one of my six man guys from the state champ Freud medicine Lake game. Tonight. The winter sports season opens up this weekend, and hopefully it will be a smooth start. Chatting with us about it is Richie Melby from Montana Sports as he joins us on the Whitefish Credit Union hotline. And, Richie, it does seem interesting. I don't know if we've ever really – I mean, we get excited when the winter sports really start to crank up, but that's usually in December. But it kind of feels like the opening day of baseball in a way. It's the opening day of winter sports season. And everybody's been counting down since what? Well, I mean, they've been counting down <laughs> since really since winter or since fall sports ended. And even back when the MHSA announced it, if you weren't playing football or volleyball or uh, any of the you know soccer or golf, if you weren't in any of those fall sports, then your countdown really started towards mm-hmm. your basketball season or your wrestling or your swimming or whatever it's been. And so, yeah, we're almost here. The end is in sight. Finally, uh, if you remember that they originally said it was going to be starting next Monday, starting January 4th, that week, anytime. And then they moved it up since everybody was practicing. Well, why not let them try and go on Saturday, January 2nd? So, uh, yeah, that date is now very much within our ra- uh, grasp here, and it's coming up pretty quick. I know a lot of the schools have still elected to wait until, you know, there's going to be a lot of Tuesday games from what I've seen. And I you know, haven't, haven't dove into too many schedules yet, but from the ones that I have, there's still a lot of games or a lot of teams and programs that won't start until next Tuesday, next Thursday, some of them even waiting a little bit beyond that. But, uh, yeah, we at least get to see some kind of action this weekend already, which is, uh, yeah, talk about ringing in the new year and, and trying to put that 2020 behind you. Not a bad way to get things rolling if you're a high school sports athlete, coach, fan, official, media member, whatever <laughs> it needs to be. Well, Richie, is there anybody going to do anything on Saturday? Yeah, so I looked around. I mean, it looks like there's going to be. I mean, I think the swim teams first of all, uh, because their season, them and wrestling, of course, is is kind of the one that was the most in doubt. But swimming with the limited pools that we have and such, uh, they were going to try and get things in pretty much as quick as possible. Um, I didn't see that anybody was doing a virtual meet yet. Again, I need to go through more of the schedules. I think. Uh, but there will be some swim meets going on. I saw a lot of the wrestling schedules where it looks like they're going to take full advantage of of trying to get in those, each kid getting two matches per day. Um, so they're going to try and take advantage of that. That's going to be your mixers for the smaller schools, uh, straight up duels. If your team can uh, can fill the entire roster, you'll go go with some duels and stuff. So there's a lot there. Some of the smaller schools are going to be playing some hoops. Uh, you know, I went through and looked when you and I chatted about doing this earlier today, chatted. Um, I went and looked at the defending state champions, the co-champions, the reigning co-champions to see who was going to play. And it looks like uh, Loyola's girls and Forsyth's girls, I think, are both going on Saturday. Loyola's got Eureka, if I remember correctly. So that's kind of a fun one to start right off. And then the Lodgegrass boys, uh, I believe, welcome Colstrup in on, on Saturday as well. So that could be kind of a fun little rivalry game just down the road. Fairview is playing their boys, of course, with the co-champs, and then both Class C girls co-champs, I believe, are playing on Saturday. Belts at Centerville, Roy Winifred gets Denton, Geyser, Stanford. Um, I don't know if any of those games are going to be, you know, it's early. Everybody's had extra practice time. We'll see what happens, I guess. I wouldn't look at any of those as being my favorite game of the entire season or anything like that, but 
A couple that I did circle, uh, Lodge Grass will play Huntley Project the following week. You know, those two teams went back and forth last year. Uh, and then Scobie and Fairview were your Class C boys co-champs. They're going to play on January 22nd, and it's the only time that they play, at least according to Scobie's schedule. So uh, I know, who knows, those guys might have met sometime last spring, you know, on one of the outdoor courts or something to settle that state championship. I know that both sides were looking forward to that. Uh, and then Class AA looks like we're going to see a lot more next week, not this weekend, but the following probably Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Richie, uh, looking at this, as the MHSA uh, was also received a letter from superintendents in the AA to try and push the season back another couple of weeks here. Sounds like the MHSA is going to go forward, but they are going to reevaluate things after the first couple of weeks of competition. What's the latest on that situation, and, and how are things going to get rolled out? Are we expecting a, a real immediate release here within the next or in the first two weeks of the season? Yeah, it was an interesting letter from Class AA saying, you know, we we did send a request to the MHSA. We wanted to postpone things. Um, they said they're going to consider that request or however it was worded. Well, the MHSA was always planning on looking at this after their first week. I mean, that's when they told us that we're going to play and we're going to start on January 2nd, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They, they have their, annu- or their um, annual January meeting that following what is it, the ninth or it's that next week. So they were already going to be meeting and already going to be getting together to look at, you know, were there any spikes in cases a couple weeks after the holidays? Did we see a bunch of teams in the early first, you know, week, week and a half of the season having to postpone or completely cancel or whatever it was. So the MHSA was already planning on doing that. And so they're still going to plan on doing that. Um, You know, we're, we're kind of working on a story right now with, every level, every classification, because, you know, this was a class double A thing. Doesn't sound like it was unanimous for what it's worth. Uh, we have chatted with a superintendent or two plus an athletic director uh, where there was, you know, a lot of discussion back and forth. But if you go way back and remember the start of fall, class double A postponed its season by a couple of weeks. We didn't see any of those football teams for two weeks. If class double A wanted to, they were more than welcome to once again, postpone their season on its own. And so, I think that kind of hit wrong maybe for some of the smaller classes, especially class B and class C. Why is class AA sending a request that doesn't speak for what we want in class B and class C? Um, Not to pit all the classes against one another, but, you know, certainly what's happening in a place like, well, we just talked about a SCOBY or a Fairview or some of these places that, you know, like even Glasgow chatted with the AD up there, Glenn Flayton, and they didn't have any athletes contract the coronavirus at all throughout the fall. There were some that had to sit out due to contact tracing, but never did an athlete uh, actually contract the virus. So uh, that certainly is not the same as a Missoula here in a Helena, a Great Falls, a Billings, a you know, spell, whatever it is. So I think that that was probably the biggest disconnect was, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Don't speak for us. We'll speak for ourselves. Richie, real quick, as we got a few more minutes here, your thoughts on spectators. It sounds like things are starting to trickle in. Kalispell or Flathead County just announced what they're going to do. It's going to be two fans per participant, it sounds like. Lewis and Clark County, they're going 25. That's it. Um, we'll, we'll see what other counties do here. But it, what, what are you kind of hearing you think? Do you think we'll see more of a general same rule for everybody? Uh, or will we see something kind of similar that we saw during the fall where it was different for just about every city? Yeah, I would imagine it's going to be different for every city, at least in the beginning. Um, and and that's, again, what does 
what does your community look like compared to this community? Uh, and that could be, you know, some class AA communities could say, like you said, Helena's got 25. Others could say, uh, we, we can't do fans right now. We're, we're not willing to risk that. Or others might say, you know, 50, 25 for the home team, 25 for the away team. Um, whatever those, and this is, you know, the MHSA has made this clear again, that it's up to your local city, county health department to determine that. Now, once we get to the postseason, which is obviously going to look different, that's where the MHSA could do like they did in the fall and say, well, we're going to allow three tickets per player and two per coach and two per cheerleader, you know, whatever it is, so that maybe now here's the required number to be able to even bid on hosting uh, postseason events. But, yeah, I would fully expect it to be kind of kind of across the board. We tried to keep track for a while what was happening in the fall, and it kept changing, and there was so much difference, and, you know, week to week it might change, so... Yeah, we'll just have to keep up on that with the schools as best as we can. My feature guest is Richie Melby from Montana Sports. Richie, if people want to follow you, how can they do that? Uh, MontanaSports.com, of course, at Richie Melby on Twitter, at Richie Melby on Facebook as well. Looking Looking forward to getting things rolling and wishing all the kids and coaches good luck this season. Richie, really appreciate the time as always and look forward to chatting with you again soon, my friend. Thanks, buddy.